Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. Hi. How's it going? We are here. It's been a while since we've gotten together, I feel like. I know. Has it? It's nice. Okay. You know, when it, with you guys, it always seems like it's forever. I know. It's true. <laughs> But it's like gravy on mashed potatoes. It just, it just fits perfectly me, when we're together. Me and Brad got a beer after our last podcast. We did? We yeah. did. We'll and then Brad that. told me all these stories about the bar from like the like, 90s. Well, He's you know, so shocking. He wears those little <laughs> boat pants... And you don't think there's this deep well of yeah, it's of like history. You're sitting in this like weird dive bar, and Brad's like, "Yeah, it's a Radiohead there, '91." You're like, "Dude, what?" <laughs> But dude, you know what? It's it something funny that was it was the first place that the Goops ever played was that it was Flannery's. Flannery's, 14th Street. And that was. Didn't you say you saw someone else crazy play there? Not really. I think Orange Nine was on this. Might have been on the same bill. I th- And that's when I met Chaka. See, you're so old. I think you do have to say orange nine millimeter. Orange nine millimeter. You got to say the whole thing. Because kids, kids have to Google it now, you know? Yeah, this was probably 1992. So it was a fucking fuck long time ago. Yeah. But Brad's got some great stories. We've gotten some requests. Um, have Brad as a guest on the podcast. Ooh. Man, I would like that. I would like that too. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it someday. Because he's such a, he's the type of guy that I've hung out with. You know, 50 times now, but I know so very little about. <laughs> yeah. He is still a mystery to me. He's a mysterious guy. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't even tenet. know if Brad knows the real Brad. What happens if you Google Brad? Mm-hmm. Like, what comes up? I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> I'm not even on My the life grid, happened yeah. before the internet. <laughs> no, that's nice. That's, that's nice. Um, less embarrassing stuff out there. So, yeah. uh, today I would be pop- in trouble if, if, if that weren't the case. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, I trust oh, you. See, now he tickles to this <laughs> deep well of rebellion in his past years. We oh, do. Man. We have to interview him. We will someday. <laughs> But today we interviewed Ben Walsh and Brianna Collins, aka Tiger's Jaw, the pride of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, we talked about music. We talked about their new album Spin, which is out now on Black Cement, produced by Will Yip. And we talked about um, what are we talking about? Donuts, music, gentrification. gentrification. <laughs> Brad was like, do you want me to tell you what the podcast is about? I was like, no, I got this. No, and then no. I'm like, what are we talking about? about? Uh, See, that's a good producer, though. He's, he's right yeah, there and I'm, with And it. I'm good, uh, good talent, because it's like, I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah, you're I'm volatile. So going, much man. going yeah. on in the old brain that you just need Brad to reel yeah. me in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a creative man. Like, I can't be bogged down with keywords. I know. I know. <laughs> And bills and <laughs> yeah. such. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Take two. Take two. <laughs> But yeah, uh, let's listen to this podcast with, uh, with Tiger's Jaw. Woohoo! It's going on track! Yeah, and I thought it was fucking cool as hell. And 
At that time, there was all the old timers who were like, ah, you know, I remember when you fucking couldn't even walk here after six o'clock. And you know what? I was just like, man, I'll never be one of those guys. <laughs> and so I've really tried hard not to be. But I think what's irritating is that, you know, is uh, is this a top secret story? <laughs> it's not top secret. We're rolling. No, it's just yeah. like certain places where where that that changeover just happens, like. I mean, like the Lower East Side is really a good example. If it went from straight junky town to to the worst version of like Spring Break, you know. It's Disney World. It's funny because I thought I'd never be able to leave New York. Like, you know, I always was like, ah, where would I move? I could never move anywhere. And then I'm slowly beginning to realize that like New York might have left me, man. <laughs> like, it might be okay for me to go to Nashville or fucking whatever upstate. What? What's uh, what's Scranton like these days? Is it is it because I feel like every I'm from Cleveland and even when I go back, there's like kind of fancy or yeah. stuff. There's like glimmers of like that, like people that are probably finally fed up with Philly or New York or wherever. Like I I, I have this theory that um, you know New York is is just going to slowly like become too densely packed and just kind of spill out into these other spots. And the I feel suburbs like, are going to be the new thing in Scranton. Is, yeah. yeah. I feel like Scranton is like set up for it. There's like, you could buy a house for like 40 grand. You know what I mean? Like own it yeah. <laughs> entirely. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and it has so much potential, uh, but it's just like kind of a ghost town yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, because the industries that it was built on are, are, defunct yeah know, it's like kind of the same as cleveland and, yeah. yeah did you go to a lot of those works very fast back in it was like slightly was, before yeah, right yeah. Before. yeah. Okay. yeah like, like posi, posi, fest? posi numbers posi, and, posi yeah. fest. i think I'm that was made even, fun of for saying that wrong <laughs> all cred is now lost i'm a um, poser i'll say so, it right now so we I, I mean i grew up in scranton and wilkes bear was like far for me like okay i didn't go to, i didn't go to a lot of shows um there was like a there was like a ska punk scene in Scranton. Uh, you know, Menzingers came came through that, and uh, some people that were in Tiger's Jaw came through that, and uh, the band Captain were sinking, and uh, it was like a really big scene. And um, and there was also like a butt rock bar cover scene that was big, and then there was like this cool like indie like Elephant Six type like art scene. And that was the one that we were sort of like, we were like kind of over the ska part, and we were like, "This is cool. Like, let's let's try to be this." And there were, there was this record label called Prison Jazz, and um, they were putting out like these really cool indie records. And uh, there were bands, uh, the bands that we looked up to were The Swims and OK Patty, and uh, the A Sides, who were technically from Philly, and um, and like we didn't have like the musical chops to do that, but like, that was like our aspiration. Like we want to work with this label. Um, so like we, we weren't like part of like the, the hardcore punk scene. We were like on the fringe of all these other scenes, like trying to like make something happen. Okay. But that it was makes like sense. right after, like it was like right after the collapse of like a couple different scenes. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause you used to be like a big hardcore scene there too. There, I think, I mean, if any scene is like, living there it's that yeah still i live in kingston which is just right over the bridge from wilkes bear and it there are show there's still a lot of shows happening the yeah. venue the venues never last but kids are still like like diy like putting on shows okay in apartments and 
I feel like in, in the hardcore scene, more so than any of the other scenes, uh, the, the younger kids are more likely to, to take up the helm and like, you know, yeah. there's less of like in, in like the punk scenes and the indie scenes, it's like it has a moment and then like the bands move away or break up or whatever. And then there's just a lull until someone else is like, this area sucks. I want to do something like this. Like, and then they build up a scene again with the hardcore scene. It's like, it's more it's more immediately engaging and it and it like is like this raw immediate energy and i feel like there's less of a turnover and there's less of like a ebb and flow it's just kind of like there's always young kids that are starting bands and stuff in in that specific scene more so than any other type of scene okay so how far is that from will studio like two hours, two like hours. hour and forty-five, two hours. Yeah. When you're so when you're making spin, were you going back and forth a lot, or were you staying? Ben well, lives yeah. in Philly. Okay. So I would draw like I would stay with Ben a lot, and then just go home every so often. Yeah, it's like from from Philly, it's like a twenty twenty-five minute drive. So it's like kind of like the perfect time, like the perfect amount of time to like kind of wake up and listen to some music, and you know and drive up there but he he now has like a studio apartment that's right around the corner um but we just we just would drive back yeah. and forth but so you guys had done you guys were down there for what four or five weeks yeah four four, four weeks, weeks yeah. yeah which was by far the longest we've ever spent on anything usually it's like five days so <laughs> yeah. that was like a real trip to get to i was like what are we going to do with all this time and will was like you'll use all the time you have and he was right we yeah. did yeah, did it go, I mean, did you have any, like, setbacks or anything, or did it go pretty smoothly? I thought it went really yeah. smoothly. We did a song a day, which was awesome. We bas- we did it in order of, like, Ben's songs were the most finished, so we did all of Ben's songs first, um, and then mine were, like, hashed out more, so, because Ben plays every instrument on this record, essentially, except for keyboard. <laughs> So I'd uh, have a lot of time during the day while we're doing one song a day. Ben would do drums, I don't know the order, guitar, bass, etc., etc. And and by one song a day, I don't mean that we recorded 30 songs, but... um, (laughs) Oh, right, right. (laughs) But like we focused on one song a day and sometimes it would spill over into the next day or the next day. But like we would start in the morning with drums and then uh, break for lunch and then do bass and guitars and then by the end of the night we'd be doing vocals so like there would still be a lot of stuff to add like keyboards and percussion and backups and stuff but like we would have like the main like skeleton of the song like done and it was so cool to have the like like focus instead of doing like all the guitars in like one big cluster like just doing the guitars for one song in one day like you can really tailor like the tones, like the amp settings, what pedals we're using, like to the to the song. Instead of like we got to get we we have six more songs to do on guitar, like we got to just kind of like pick a tone and stick with it. You know, we, it, that was like one of the main benefits of having so much extra time to like work on stuff. That's that sounds exhausting though. Doing like like four <laughs> instruments on a song. I don't know day. how you did it. I <laughs> I watched Stranger Things. Yeah, I loved it. I, I, I don't know. It, it felt great. I was like definitely wrecked by the end of it, but uh, mostly because of drums. Because uh, I haven't drummed consistently in a very long time. So like leading up to it, I was like doing a lot of like r- like rudiment like drum pad practicing. But like I don't have I didn't have access to a kit to really like play on the kit a whole lot. 
So I was like conceptually writing drum parts, but not like actually playing them. Um, so it was like pretty exhausting to translate like practice pad like ideas onto like a full kit. And um, but it, like we got into a really good routine with it, and and we ate really healthy, and we everything was very like nicely regimented. And uh, we did salads for lunch every day. Every which day. Was, which was great. Uh, I drank a, a ton of water. I drank a ton of Gatorade. Um, drank a lot of coffee. And, uh, and we, you, would, we did it. Would you mix up kind of the salad? I mean, are you doing like the same ingredients? Same exact salad. Really? So there's a restaurant. We, we ate at the same place for lunch every, every single day. Every single day. Okay. So directly above the studio, there's a restaurant. and they The Great American the Pub. Great American Pub. Okay. And uh, there was like a... It's called a Fiesta Chicken Salad, and it's just great. It's, like, really fresh. It's got some avocado. It's got some uh, feta cheese, um, some, like, crushed-up tortilla chips on it. and But no onions, because Ben doesn't like raw onions. Yeah. Really can't do raw onions? Yeah, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. The taste is with you all day. I can't imagine if I ate that every single day and it just was constantly oniony. I would yeah. Hate, I would hate myself. I got salad <laughs> with mild buffalo chicken on every day, so <laughs> that was my month. Nice. That sounds great. And you saw Stranger Things. Yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I like binged straight through it. I think it played really well on all types of nostalgia. Like it just like was a subtle tribute. Well, maybe not so subtle tribute to every like, you know, E.T. and Twin Peaks and, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And like all all these like things that we kind of came up on. But, um, you know, just really good, really cool concept. I, I had these it. friends who do this podcast kissing contest, which I really like, but they're like super into that kind of stuff. And they're like, there's no way that a 12 year old kid would have this poster in his bedroom. <laughs> like, and they're talking about it for like half an hour. I was like, it, but he's got a cool brother. Is it? Wait, it's the one with the older brother. Right? Yeah. But yeah, they were like, cool they, you couldn't brother. even get that post that year. It would be weird <laughs> to have that version. I mean, of- I respect that amount of uh, detail because I love like. I love Game of Thrones, and yeah. I like listen to a podcast that dissects every episode of Game of Thrones called Cast of Kings. They have great posters on the wall in the Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, you know, theories. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, is that coming back? It's sort of soon. Yeah, it's like eighteen more days or something. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many something? How many more hours? <laughs> <laughs> <How> many- <laughs> I've rewatched the whole thing before every season. I rewatch every season. Really? Yeah. That's a good idea. Because I feel like I watched them all kind of late and watched everything, and now I forgot almost everything. It's a lot to keep to keep straight. Yeah. What sucks is that no one else in the band likes Game of Thrones, and I am <laughs> obsessed with it. I have no one to talk to, and once I was trying to explain it to a bandmate, and Ben videotaped me because I just sounded so like ridiculous. Whatever. Did you ever see that um, no shame. Vice thing <laughs> where that girl watches like every episode in a row? No. She, she watches like... She watches it for like 24 hours oh or something, God. and then she has video of like the red wedding scene, and she like loses her mind and it's like <laughs> I cry every time. Yeah, every time I, I can't I, I can't cry during a TV show. It's just like I don't have that kind of I don't have those kind of emotions. I'm but, sorry. No, it's a, yeah, it's a bummer, but you know, whatever. <laughs> must be nice to Did feel. you watch This Is Us? Because you can't watch that and not I didn't cry. watch that. Maybe I'll use it. I'll see that if could it, be your gateway. Yeah, I don't know about that one. You should hit up Vice and be like. I've never cried during a TV show. Let's put this <laughs> yeah. to the test. That's a really good idea. Yeah. My you boyfriend can... is like, why do you watch it? Because every time I'm just sobbing, like any emo- like extreme emotion, like happiness or sadness. 
NBC killed it with that. I don't know. I guess so. Have you seen this? <laughs> what, Game of Thrones? No, this, no, is, this is, us. is us. No. No. <clears throat> I haven't seen that, but I think that you go through a chemical change. I'm, I'm short on, my, on, on partners here for, I have kids, mm-hmm. and Benny, who's usually here, has a couple of kids, and Steven, but... When you have kids, then you start to then you learn to cry on TV shows. I think really, I think you go through a chemical change. Yeah, interesting. You like babies and you stuff. Then parent like, I didn't really like babies before, and now I <laughs> take other people's babies away from them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't. Do you ever I, need a babysitter? <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. Okay, I'm a pro babysitter. I do need a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come up. We'll exchange numbers. Yeah, you should. Um, so I was re- doing some research on you, on you guys today, and I read that you guys are named after a microphone song. Mm-hmm. Is that like that like K Records, like Lo-Fi? Yeah, that that is. Um, I feel like a really pretty obscure band. Yeah, uh, were you into that whole like Calvin Johnson like K scene? Well, I I sort of got into it like because I was into the microphones. Okay, um, so a- Adam McAwee, who I started the band with. Um, like he, he kind of had the idea of like naming the band Tiger's Jaw and kind of like how he wanted it to sound and everything. And, um, and so he like, before we even talked about the band, he had made me a, like a, he burned me a copy of the glow part two. And, um, and I was like, this is the, the weirdest thing I've ever heard. This is like bizarre. Um, but like the more I listened to it, the more I was like, this is like, not the most accessible thing but it's like you have to work a little harder for it but it's like it's so interesting and it's so cool and there's so much musicality like sometimes right in the forefront but sometimes sort of buried and it was just like the project was started as like a like a like a recording project like he was just kind of experimenting with sounds and sort of by default he needed something to record so he like wrote songs but it was secondary to the main purpose which was just to do these like sound experiments so it's just like was it was just like the furthest thing from how a band usually starts and uh and i just like had this real strong connection to it and uh and still do i I think uh, phil elvram is brilliant um it kind of started that way, but, but then, yeah, but then through that, I sort of found out about like Calvin Johnson and, um, like Thanksgiving and little wings. And there's like this whole weird, like cluster of like, you know, Pacific Northwestern, like, I don't know, lo-fi sort of weird indie stuff. Are those men still doing stuff? Uh, Phil Elvram is, he is, yeah, he just, he just put out a, like maybe the most crushingly, hauntingly beautiful record uh his wife passed recently and he using her equipment uh recording in the room that she passed in he like recorded this album like kind of like about her and about him processing what she went through and like i can't get through like more than two songs at a time it's like really it's the craziest thing yeah oh man you definitely feel it when you're listening to it yeah it's crazy Oh man! Wow, that's intense. It's so intense. Check that out. Yeah, yeah it's called a crow looked at me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, do you two have jobs now, or do you just focus on the band? Because I feel like we talked about this a little bit. I mean, th- this was kind of like a turning point for that, also. 
yeah. in a way. Yeah, I mean, right now, I would say the band is my like primary job. I do substitute teach. I babysit a lot. <laughs> um, I'm even a travel nanny sometimes. Uh, I've gotten to go to Mexico in the Hamptons, which was nice. pretty cool. I'm from a farm village, so <laughs> that was sick. Um, I saw a yacht in person. Nice. Uh, but uh, other than that, I do freelance photo editing, just really basic stuff. Tiger's jaw is definitely what I invest like the most time and energy into and all those other jobs just like allow me to do that even more so because I got to pay back those student loans. Yeah. I'm also in grad school. So just oh, wow. doing it all. Wow. What are you going to grad school for? Art education. I have my teaching cert for art K to 12, but I have my undergraduate degree is just a BFA in photo. Like I did the program that gets you the certification, but I don't have like the degree so before we, uh, I thought it would be a really great idea during our time off to start grad school. So I did that. <laughs> and now we're like super in it. We're touring in the fall and I have classes. So we'll see how it goes. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, you, I, have a, I have a master's degree in speech therapy that is now, you know, sort of something that I can't, I don't have the time to split the two anymore because... Like both kind of reached a point where it's like I if I if I try to balance both of these at the same time, both will suffer, you know. And it, and it just became very apparent that like the band is is what we want to do. It's so fulfilling. It's so fun. It's so creatively like what you know what we want to be doing. And um, so it was a it was a difficult decision, but um, but we you know it was like yeah we're we're taking the band full time. We're gonna just you know, we've, we've been fortunate to have really cool opportunities and, you know, you kind of have to follow it or else it's, you know, those opportunities might not keep happening. Right. Um, so when, you know, when we're not on tour, uh, I don't really have another, any other jobs at the moment, but I recently started a, uh, a donut business with some friends. Um, hello donuts. It's called hello oh, donuts. Joe, Joe. Yeah. I see yep. Joe post stuff about that all the uh, time. Yep. So Joe and I, I didn't realize uh, that you were so part this of is that. My friend Joe Morrow, who is a musician manager. He's early, in the early November. Early November. Early yeah. November. Uh, friend of the, friend of the podcast. Yeah. He's friend a friend for mm-hmm. sure. For yep. sure. Um, so he and I live in the same neighborhood in Philly and we hang out at the same coffee shop and, you know, we, we talk about, we talk shop, we talk about life, we talk about the music business and, you know, whatever. Uh, and we were just talking kind of one day about wanting to diversify and try to come up with some sort of idea that, um, that has to do like, like with like the skills that we have for like music marketing and, um, you know, social media and like networking. Um, but like something that's not music related, like just diversifying, what we're what we're kind of doing with our lives and uh we sort of joked about a donut shop um like on the west coast mark trombino has donut friend which is like the perfect fusion of like music and puns a a donut shop (laughs) puns great puns um and you know not that we're not that we're trying to knock that idea because we're not like we're not doing like a full-on music based thing um but we are you know we are we do come from music so we are you know promoting it via our bands and um we're doing like pop-ups at different shows like at the end of our tour we played union transfer and we did a pop-up uh shop where we sold some donuts and the week and a half before that sorority noise played and we did a pop-up for their show too 
And, um, you know, we, we're working with uh, Reanimator Coffee, which is a really cool uh, coffee roaster that's local to Philadelphia. And, um, you know, we're, we're just kind of ramping up the business by doing pop-ups until we find the right, like, actual location to, to open up. So, so, but who makes the donuts? Um, it's sort of a funny story because none of us have any, any sort of baking experience. Um, so like we, we reached out on our, on our social medias and we're like, you know, do we know anybody that is like a pastry chef? Like we have this idea. It's, you know, we think it's foolproof, uh, but, but we don't, none of us actually make donuts. Um, what ended up happening was, uh, we, you know, we, we met with a couple people and no one's, no one was like able to kind of risk, you know, leaving whatever they were doing to do some like dumb startup with like a bunch of musicians that yeah. don't know how to bake <laughs> or do anything, um, which I don't blame. I don't blame them. But uh, we were like, Joe and I were sitting at Reanimator. Like we were like, oh, we gotta, we gotta think of something. And I was like, why don't we just throw an ad on Craigslist? What what the you know what the why Ooh, not? You I know? can't go wrong. Yeah, and. <laughs> You know, I had to sift through a lot of garbage responses, <laughs> but we fa- we literally we found someone, and wow. he, was, he was like, "I'm new to Philly. I, uh, you know, I, I'm like, what I want to do is seems right in line with what you guys want to do. Like, I have the experience, um, you know, and I'm not currently like tied to anything else right now. So, like, if you guys are doing this, like, I want in, and he's awesome." He's really, really talented. Like the donuts he's very, are good. Very yeah. creative. So are they? What kind of donuts are they? Um, so we're doing uh, yeast and cake donuts. We're doing traditional and vegan donuts. Um, we're still, we're still like developing different recipes and stuff. But, um, but a couple of weeks back, we did a tasting of like ten different flavors, and you know, invited like friends and family, and just to try to get some feedback on on stuff, and then. Um, from that 10, we sort of narrowed it down to the most popular ones. And so we've been using those ones for like the different markets and pop-ups that we've been doing. And I saw Donut Friend had a Tiger's Jaw donut yeah. as well recently. So totally unrelated, unrelated to my to business. Yours, right. um, so the uh, FYF, for your friends, the booking company um, that, or, or was it Golden Voice? Uh, so some of the, whoever was promoting our show got got in touch with, Mark and was like, we could do some sort of cool ticket giveaway thing, um, you know, if we can do like a Tiger Jean inspired donut. And, uh, and so, you know, we got this email and I was like, yeah, like, let's do this. This would be so cool. And um, we didn't get to try them because they did it like a couple of days before we were there okay. and it was like a one day only thing. The picture looked really good. They looked awesome. The tiger's and, paw. And someone <laughs> brought us one in like a, in like a plastic bag, but it was like, well past its prime, <laughs> so yeah. like, and, and then and it like, sat in the van for it did. yeah. It sat on the dashboard, like it sort of got like it was on the uh, d- the dashboard of our van, and it was like covered by something else. But it was like baking in the sun for like a week, and like we forgot about <laughs> forgot it. it was there. And then, like finally, we were like, let's like clean out the van a little bit, Ooh. and like we found it. And we were like, oh yeah, was it green? This <laughs> it was like it, it looked crazy. It looked like half liquefied, <laughs> but but I I've been told that they were great. <laughs> and they sold out of all of them, which That's was great. crazy. So um, it was cool. So thank you, Donut Friend. 
Um, so have you been down to the donut shop on Grand Street to do some research? I never heard of this place, but there's a place no. by Brad called the Donut Shop that uh-huh. I guess is kind of famous. You should check it out if you have time. Uh, yeah, I need to do it some. It was really good. I need to do it's some amazing research. donuts. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you make great donuts. I've never in my life had a donut that touches as the East yeah. Donuts. Their cake donuts are sick. Tres leche. Tres leche. Go that sounds that. awesome. It's pretty good. You can get them if you're wandering around town. You can also get them on... They make them on Grand Street, but you can. they've got a shop on in the Chelsea Hotel that you can get them to. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for, you know, different research, spots to check yeah. out. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> write that yeah. off, dude. Definitely. Um, <laughs> oh, writing off donuts. <laughs> It's a dream come true. Uh, (laughs) One of our favorite guests on the podcast is uh, David Bazan. Yeah. Um, I saw, I was reading an interview with you guys where you talked about how you're kind of listening. Are you Bazan fans? He's my favorite songwriter. Okay. I mean, without question. I love him. Have you, have you done any of the house shows? No. I know. You got to do it. I know. I, you guys are probably on tour a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It it just hasn't lined up for me yet, but, um, you know, I, I discovered him definitely sort of late, um, like post control tour, post like when he was doing like full band solo stuff. Um, so I, I've seen him um, play solo at uh, Johnny Brenda's in Philly. Um, and I, I don't know. He, I just I listen. I love his music. I, I love listening to interviews that he does. He just I don't know. He just has like he just gets it. Like, yeah. He just like. I don't know. Like, the world through his lens is, like, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, because he's had such an interesting progression um, in his personal life and in his musical career. Um, it's just something that I sort of immediately connected with. And, and his lyricism is, like, second to none. Yeah. Um, just a straight-up genius, yeah. basically, and... He's the best. Yeah. yeah, he's a. I think we might. I think we might. So he's this documentary coming out. Yeah, yeah, we can't wait. We, I can't wait either. I donated the Kickstarter. I donated and got a test pressing. Hell yeah. I did one of those, but they filmed. The director oh, yeah. filmed at Rubber Tracks when we we're doing a podcast. So I feel like, and then I sent him the audio for oh, it. He might be in it. So we might be in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be cool. Yeah. When's it come out? I don't know when it comes out. Wow. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So and we probably got cut out of it, but I mean, <laughs> I, it seemed like they were filming so, so much. So yeah. I don't know how. Like, well, uh, and yeah, and I felt like they were getting like drone shot. I guess like getting a drone shot isn't that big of a deal now because they're cheap. <laughs> but to me, I'm always like so impressed. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> the drone shot. Yeah, I, I was just happy that it got funded because his music is so important, but it's also so underappreciated. I agree. Yes, and I, and I feel like, um, you know, he just has like a. Uh, like a real story to tell and like he lives the the struggle of trying to make it as a musician who's not necessarily like over that hump of like mainstream where you kind of don't have to worry about where the money's coming from like he just he lives a very real life all the same time having a family and yeah that dynamic yeah Yeah. have you heard any of that low town stuff oh my god yeah (laughs) it's actually uh the first single we had is as soon as we were done playing that's the song that played every night Oh, really? 30 something shows. Yeah. I, I bought tickets to see them at Rough Trade the second that they went on sale. I'm so. Here? Uh, yeah. I don't even know they're playing here. August 12th, I think. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I'm so excited. The, yeah. the, the two songs that are up are unbelievably good. It'll just feel really good to see him like 
playing with a band again and like not that i saw him live but like it, i don't know i've just been waiting a long time and the the songs are so good and uh and i'm a fan of of, of tw yeah, as TW's well yeah great um yeah it, it, i'm really looking forward to it i think but. we did the only real interview with overseas too really we did like a two-part we did like Dave and Bubba and then Will and Matt like yeah because I'm like a huge Bedhead fan too so yeah. that was like a like I was like this is a super group I can't believe exists because yeah. like I don't think that many people really care about I feel like they keep I feel like they keep hinting that there's going to be another overseas record yeah I hope so I hope it happens yeah so good I, I, he's just David Bazan is one of those people that like any project he's involved with any song that he writes like I have yet to find a song of his that I'm like, yeah, I don't, that doesn't do it for me. Like, I don't really like that. Like, I just, I don't know. Everything he does just like clicks with me for some reason. And he's just great. Yeah, I agree. What do you guys think? Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta get, we gotta get Dave back here. Last time he played here, it was so weird. Uh, he played like a church show for like this alternative church hmm. and they didn't think... I think they thought everyone there was part of the church, but it was also tickets were for sale. And then this like yeah. cool pastor came on stage after and uh, it was just, yeah. I love a good cool pastor. Yeah. I never had seen one before in real life. He's <laughs> <laughs> wearing jeans and like a blazer. Yeah. Trying, to, trying yeah. to connect with all yeah. the youth. Pastor. Yeah. 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 It's pretty funny. It's yeah. real. Um, yeah, it's real. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I got in here. Um, cool bastard. That's a good name for band. Yeah. It is a pretty good <laughs> name. Write that one down, yeah. Um, do you... I feel like you guys have toured so many different kinds of bands, like, um, that doesn't necessarily sound like you, like a band like Touche or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that something you enjoy doing, or is that something that... Because I would imagine, especially, like, playing with heavier bands, that would make me... Like, I play in a heavy band, I feel like when we play with bands that are heavier than us, I'm like, everyone's going to think we're, like so boring or something i feel like it just from the the scene that we kind of grew playing in it was pretty diverse like we would play shows that had like hardcore bands on them or you know what would you even call like lewis and clark like wait lou roga yeah yeah he's like my old bro really i've known that guy for like 15 years yeah i was gonna ask if you guys knew him because i knew he's from that area and then i was like this is gonna be this thing where like like, do you know this guy and then you're like no he's like our he's like the like i don't know he's like one of those like godfathers of this grand music scene yeah i love him yeah Yeah, i haven't seen him in in a a good couple of years but um but we've we've played a ton of shows with him over the years. Really? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I saw him. He hasn't played. He played. Play, Lewis and Clark played up here a couple of years ago, and we yeah. hung out. But yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, his son was in the Menzingers video. Really? Yeah. Was he one of the little kids? He was like the that main so the funny. main little kid on like, I didn't the know that. on the bike. The yeah. Really? Yeah, that's him. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. I met him in college. Yeah. My band played in Wilkesbury, and he so was good. there, and yeah. Hmm small world that is wild it really is a small world um after all wait why are we talking about lo- just diverse, uh, diverse yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. so we're just yeah. used yeah. to playing i think with different sorts of bands and i don't know as long as we like the band too i don't think it really makes a big difference how different the music is yeah yeah i think that we were like our music was sort of embraced by the hardcore scene um you know and i think it sort of like was traced back to the you know, like the earlier days of like, you know, saves the day or, or dashboard playing with like Bane and like, it was just like, it didn't matter. Like a mixed bill was like 
cool. Um, but I think the, the, like the common thread was like, it's just like genuine, like emotionally charged, like music, you know, like, I don't know, like we've, we've toured with pianos and, uh, you know, and they're obviously a much heavier band than us, but like, there are some, I feel like there are some commonalities and like, uh, and you know, if we feel like we're playing with bands that are like, sort of like different from us, we just have to do what we do, you know more proudly you know well, i think it's we've seen this like we've talked about this with other with other b- b- artists who've come from like smaller scenes or smaller towns because just by necessity you end up playing those kinds of shows and i yeah. think it's a great it's a great place to be because the truth is is that a lot of times you know bands don't want to take out a clone of themselves right yeah. they usually want to take out somebody who's interesting or who's not gonna even if it's just for selfish reasons that they don't want to get you know upstaged yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like <clears throat> to be able to appeal to several different types of audiences, like really, it's the best place to be because you can get on a lot of different interesting tours. Whereas, like, yeah, if you're generally, if you're a hardcore band, you're going to go on hardcore tours. If you're a metal band, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's. I feel like we've sort of like straddled the line between a couple of different styles of music. And I feel like that's worked in our favor because we've never like. There are some bands that kind of get a little bit like particular or a little bit snobby about like what bands are associated with and like who they'll go on tour with or like the image that they want to uphold. And like, so they'll like, they'll like turn down tours that could be really good for them because it's like, oh, well, this band is associated with this. So like, we don't want that association. Um, And I feel like in a lot of cases that that can really like hurt a band's potential growth. Like why not try to appeal to a wider like if you believe in your own art why not try to appeal to a wider audience totally so for us it's always been kind of a no-brainer like play let's play to as many different types of people and and try to win over people like it's like a a fun challenge but like there's like a very real reward in in just kind of going for it we once opened for coheed and cambria oh yeah wow (laughs) yeah that show was was was, was, uh was us the adrian Ballou power trio whoa and coheed Really? Very, very strange, yeah. Where was yeah. that? It was at the Williamsburg waterfront. It was that like a... wild. It was a free show. It was like their never-ender... Okay. 10-year anniversary or something like that. Um, it was crazy. We I, got heckled. Really? Yeah. yeah. For real in Williamsburg. What, what, yeah. was, what heckled did you get? Well, I, I, don't, I don't remember for sure... There's definitely like said, a get off the stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a classic get off the stage. Yeah, no tomatoes. A classic though. you, uh, a classic you, you suck. suck. Yeah, um, that one's great. That one stings because um, it's you know there's it's just no frills. It's just you suck. Yeah, <laughs> we played a show opening for Circa in Atlantic City, and we got a lot of get off the stages, yeah. and it was like. It's like, you know, there's like set times. Like, it yeah. was like, we're not, we can't. <laughs> and it's like, things are sort of set up, but it's such a weird mentality. Yeah, like, we're supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny. I like a band like that, like a lot of their fan base, like, is just so locked into what they do and yeah. they don't care if there's other bands playing. They just, right. they just want to see the diehards. Yeah. What's, when you get heckled, do you engage it or do you just ignore I, it? I ignore it. Yeah. Especially this last tour. And not that we really get heckled in our own tours, but we started using in ears, and okay. so like we can totally we can totally turn <laughs> everything great. out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, we we do we we use like crowd like we just set up some condenser mics in the crowd, so we can still we can still hear. We're still very like in tune with what's happening, but like if we do play a show where there might be you know 
like a weird mixed bill, whatever. We can just shut those yeah. shut those uh, room mics off and just zone out. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could do that in real life. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, Someday when you have a hearing aid, you'll be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So on this tour, I saw the, the Tiny Desk concert, which is really cool. Thank you. Are you... Are you guys doing everything as a two piece now, or do you have like live people you play with, or? Yeah, we've been we've been touring. Like, I mean, for the tours, it's a it's a full band, okay, f- full five piece band. Um, we've got a, a really awesome crew of of friends that are you know playing with us as as touring musicians, and um, they're awesome. They're so great. They're so great at playing music. They're great people to be around. Like, it's just. I don't know. It feels like a it feels like a family, you know. Yeah, like definitely we, a little family. We're like packed into this van for five weeks, and at the end of it, like I would I would hang out with every single one of them, like the day after, you know. It wasn't like a we're at each other's throats or the anything. The group chat like, is still super active. Group chat yeah. is still very active. <laughs> Xbox yeah. chips. Yeah. <laughs> the but, name gets changed anytime someone says something stupid. <laughs> I think I was trying to say chocolate chips, and it changed it to Xbox chips. <laughs> What um, was I gonna say? Is it weird? Like, because I was wondering about this with like Dave, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Like, watching someone else play your drum parts. Like, is it hard to? I don't. I mean, like, I'm sure your drummer's great, but like, is that weird to hear other people play your parts? Like, because I, I feel like I would just be nitpicking everything and be like, <laughs> if I was doing it, it would be better. But it was only one of me. No, I feel like the way that I'm like very into myself. I guess even though I can't play drums, I suck at most instruments, which is a really weird attitude to have. No, I I'd, I feel that, but. I think because of the way that the band started. So uh, Adam McAlee started the band with me, and when it when we first started, I played drums. Okay. And he played guitar, and sometimes that's that was it. It was just two of us. Sometimes it was someone playing keyboard. Sometimes there was also a bass player. It like was constantly different, and I was and then I constantly became like the utility player. I would play bass if we didn't have a bass player, but could get someone to play drums. I would just be like kind of all over the place. So that fluidity kind of just like, there's like a range of, of like different flavors that I feel like our songs can still exist in the same place. Even if there's like a variation in like some of like the, you know, like someone, a different drummer is going to have a different like palette of go-to fills, you know, but like We've never had we've never had like a, a scenario where I felt like wow this person's style is just not the right fit or like whatever and if anything you know if, if anything does feel a little bit off it becomes very apparent but like I feel like I feel like our songs are um, you know there's certain parts that kind of have to be tight and then there's certain parts that can be pretty like loose and and different and as long as like the right energy is there like it still feels like the same thing. So. And I think too, by this point, we've been, uh, Pat, Teddy, and Luke have been playing with us for, I mean, year, a couple of years yeah, couple, now. Couple so of years we're now. we're pretty locked in as a group, musically, I'd say. And it's like, if I've seen it, if like you want Teddy to play something a little different, you just like say, "Hey, Ted," and it's not. It's just very like easy. Yeah, yeah. But he's also like a musical genius. Yeah, so he, he can, he can also play every instrument. It's yeah. so annoying to be around these. Wow, people. I, I, I hate yeah, people like that. Are you yeah. like really good at bowling and darts and stuff too? Uh, uh no. <laughs> I, that's no. how David from pianos is. He's just like good at everything. Yeah. I feel like that's like a drummer thing, sort of. I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm like I'm like 
mediocre at a lot of things. Like I'm like passable at, at most things. Okay. But I'm not like exceptional at anything. I don't think <laughs> I'd contest that, but <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They like will never admit it. Yeah. Either. So I, humble. Yeah. Did, what instrument what did you start on? Did you start playing? On? Um, I started playing uh, drums. You did? Yeah. Yeah. But my mom played guitar and there was always a guitar around and I always wanted to play it and would just like give up because it was too hard or whatever. Or my hands were small, like when I was like, you know, 11 or 12. Right. And then uh, I started playing drums and then kind of simultaneously gave guitar another shot and uh, kind of stuck with both of them. And yeah, I, I always wanted to play like piano or, or like, I don't know musical theory or anything like that, but um, very just like self-taught, like trying to play along with CDs and stuff. When I was a kid. When you're when you're recording, do you um do you, and do you start with drums and do you just play to nothing to a click or do you? Like- um, I do a scratch. Uh, so the when we got to when we got to the studio for the, for this record, uh, day one we kind of like went through the songs, uh, talked about how they were structured, talked about like the tempos that we wanted and what key the song. Like if there were like maybe one or two songs where we switched the key that the songs were in to kind of create like a different vocal range for certain songs. And, um, and we picked a, like a tempo and we, I just recorded acoustic guitar and vocal to a click. And then when we started, okay. Yeah. So I was playing along to playing along to yourself, acoustic and, and a scratch vocal. And, uh, I forget which song it was, but there was a a horrible voice crack in it. And, And I was like playing along with the drums and it kept, screwing me up because i was like oh that voice that voice crack is awful um but but it it, it worked like you know I, I was able to get enough of like the feel from this the song and enough of the dynamic by just having like that those scratch yeah. as as reference so yeah, yeah. i wanted because i remember i think i i think it was dave Grohl like they, who, who talked about when he did the first Foo Fighters record that he just played, he just played. yeah he didn't have my, any reference at my all. first he just sang band- it in his head yeah, the songs. My, my first band ever <clears throat> recorded that way because I, I don't think we knew how to like f- set up any sort of like like scratch <laughs> right. anything. So I, I played the songs. You just sang it in your head, just to memory. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's hilarious. It's awesome. Yeah, it sucked though because like by the end of it, the tempos were all like way faster because I would just like I had nothing to go on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done that, Brad? I can't play drums. You can't play drums. <laughs> I'm like I cannot. I cannot do everything yeah. well or even mediocre. Drums is really bad for me. Yeah, drums are, I, I just really suck at, can you play drums around? I, no, too many things going on with the yeah. extremities at one time. Yeah. It's like too much. <laughs> Getting your both feet involved, like with piano, the most you would do is like your right foot with the sustain pedal, but like getting your left foot to do something it's just too much yeah mm. i think i have bad tempo too i think i don't think i have i like do when i do guitar i have good tempo i have to like stick my head in a speaker and That's listen to the snare drum because my tempo sucks how how discouraged do you get watching dave play drums uh i mean he's so good the cool part about being in a band with david is like you can play anything it's like you can play the easiest thing and he'll make it sound so like it'll sound people like whoa that's really cool it's like yeah i'm just like hitting like a like a bar chord like this yeah uh he's one of my favorite drummers ever to watch i can't believe how often he gets the sticks caught in his hair yeah unfazed yeah i'm literally like 
<sighs> if there's a low ceiling, sometimes his hair will get caught yeah. in the ceiling. We've seen a lot of, uh, also, uh, if you sit at a hotel, like he will use like the whole bottle of conditioner. Yeah, uh, it's you know it's at least he conditions. Yeah, he conditions. Yeah, he, he does. takes good care of his hair. Yeah, he does. He's got great hair. It shows. Yeah, his yeah he does, and uh, yeah, but yeah, he is. Um, he's a really good drummer. I can't wait to hear the stuff they've done with Will. I haven't heard Same. anything yet. I was going to try to go down and visit, and then um, I didn't. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes. they were there probably right right around the same time as you guys. I we, yeah, we were doing well. No, it was actually right before our tour started. So we were doing we were doing rehearsals at the studio in like the B room while they were tracking. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so it's like tiny overlaps. Like yeah, so by, we would but... see them, and we wanted to kind of like sneak in and listen to some stuff, but we also didn't. We we just didn't want to be in there. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonah, do you want to elaborate just in case there's anybody listening who's not in the Jonah Bear fan club? Oh. <laughs> no, everyone, everyone's in the Jonah Bear fan club. Uh, uh, yeah, so David from Pamsicum Seeds plays in United Nations. So, same drummer. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Okay, yeah. just give me a plug. Too. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like we always do this where like we just start talking about people and then like I yeah. listen back and I'm like, what if you don't know <laughs> the first name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave. Dave. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm David sensitive Hype. because I had a girlfriend one time who would name drop first names, and it was really annoying because <laughs> the name dropping alone was annoying, but then the first name thing was just like, and I would not ever bite. I'd be like, oh, okay. I would never ask her if she was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> You can only do it if it's like, I'm reading that Moby book now. And like, you can name drop Moby pretty much to anyone. <laughs> do you know his last name? <laughs> no, I don't know his last name. It's Moby. Yeah. No, I don't know. He's from no Connecticut. Idea. He looks like he's from Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a pretty interesting book if you guys are bored on the road. I've heard, yeah, I've, I've heard there's more to him than yeah. would be expected. Yeah. It's pretty, it's mostly actually like a book about New York in like the like late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah. you'd like it, Brad. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> he was in a rock band, right? Yeah, he was in a he was in a bunch of rock bands, and yeah. Um, so what else do you guys? Um, what else are you guys into on tour? What do you like doing? We like having as much fun as possible. Yeah, yeah. Went to Disneyland. Went to Cedar Point. We do a day off in Pensacola. Go to Margaritaville. Nice. Whoa, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think of what else. I mean. We just try to like make the most out of it. We do Cracker Barrel family lunch, breakfast, dinner. We love the Cracker Barrel. Yeah. I, l- I always buy something at the family store. I don't think I've ever actually been to Cracker Barrel. It's a good road. Yeah. yeah. It's The food is good. Yeah. yeah. It's decent food and it's and it's fun to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to look at. <laughs> I got a Zoodle maker last time I was in there. And you can play that little game that's on every table. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's called little peg game yeah the, there's no way to explain it unless okay. you've seen it you, it's like checkers basically like you're jumping over different pegs and you basically by the end of it want to end up with just one peg right. left but okay. and it tells you how smart you are depending on how many pegs you have left yeah, yeah. gotcha and it's completely scientifically accurate <laughs> yeah. what are some of the fun things we do what uh like, well we, like we bring things? like like baseball gloves and like you know just like we try to stay active you know because it's a lot of sitting yeah it's a lot of sitting it's a lot of like awkwardly loading heavy things you, I mean, you know how it is but like any any sort of like physical activity feels good and this tour more than most we've been more than any other tour we've honestly. been trying to like like we would try to go to the like hotel gyms or like you know go swimming and you know if if we had enough time sometimes we didn't but like 
we just try to stay active and do fun things and like go see movies on days off or like go to theme parks when we can. And we've been really, really lucky where people like we, we can use like social media and like tweet about like, Hey, we would love if we could go to Disney on this day off. Like, do we know anybody that works <laughs> there that can help us get in? And we've, always managed to like yeah, really find smart. some people and like we'll like give them like merch or guest list or whatever but like it's just so awesome to be able to do something like that like in the middle of a tour it just sort of like reinvigorates you you know it's just like yeah really that's cool. good because i feel like it's you can just like end up like drinking beer and eating taco bell and yeah. just feeling disgusting i mean there's like, still a yeah. lot of taco bell yeah. <laughs> yeah or like getting to a hotel like two in the morning and like oh we can order domino's domino's so. to the room Let's i love that. it i love ordering it <laughs> falling asleep waking up when it's there eating it and going back to sleep <laughs> they just opened in cleveland one of six taco bell cantinas have you heard about this do they have like a bar inside? Yeah, their Taco like, Bells that wow. sell alcohol and they sell like spiked like Baja breezes and stuff. And <laughs> oh my it's God. huge. It's like downtown. My friend went to like the opening and was like posting all these videos and oh it's like, God. yeah. It's right up our alley. Yeah. yeah Do they have it. any like weird drinks? I think, yeah. Have? I think they have like a bunch of weird Margarita drinks. Margarita in a shell. Imagine yeah. having a Corona and eating, what do you like? You like a chicken quesadilla or quesarito? Yeah. I know yeah. all the food that Ben likes for some reason. I don't know. We, we spend uh, a lot of time together. After Cedar Point, we went to this amazing restaurant called The Thirsty Pony. And they had all these like hilarious drink challenge things. And a couple of us ordered these things called the thigh high, which was like a 60-ounce a uh, leg. Woman's cup. leg. Yeah. Wearing a With stiletto fishnets. and fishnets. Uh, it looked like the the lamp from Christmas Story, yeah. but with no lamp part on top, just yeah. the wow. leg. Just it's filled, like life-size leg. Beer. Just filled with a lot of beer. And uh, and we we drank them in like less than an hour. Nice. <laughs> it was really The worst funny. part is because I did not get a thigh high, but like... <laughs> I was I was down to help friends finish that couldn't, uh, and it kind of like because it's so large, like so long, it would create a wave. So like you tilt it, and you just it just like all come like splashing yeah, the, the on contour, you. The contour, the contour of, of the, the leg, yeah. like it would it would come up and it would hit the knee, and then it would like <laughs> bounce up and just splash all over it's you. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible design. Uh, that bar, the, the place was great though. There were other like there was like what a, was it called? The thirsty the pony? thirsty pony. Yeah, yeah. and. <laughs> Half of it was like a weird like casino, <laughs> and uh, there, there was like another thing you could do where it was like a saxophone that you can get like a. You can only get a mixed or, drink or in mixed it drink because in. you can only drink it from the straw that goes through the the thing in the saxophone that you blow into. I don't know. What it it's looks called. like an actual saxophone or just a saxophone no, shaped. A saxophone shaped okay. like cheap plastic <laughs> vessel. <laughs> yeah. There was a guitar one too. Yeah. Oh man, it was a great great place like very campy very funny like weird place the best part was that the three gentlemen that got the thigh highs kept them as souvenirs in the van which you know is fine <laughs> but literally it smelled like a straight up like i don't even know just, just beat at, rolling around if we got them. if we had gotten pulled over they would have been like step out of the vehicle yeah because it just smelled like beer Guys, you, you, they need to shower the thigh high before they take it in the van. <laughs> no, no, we didn't clean them out at all. I don't, I don't know. But I, there we was still think, like a week, over I mean, a week left after after finishing that. Like I wasn't thinking about rinsing it out. I was just yeah. Like yeah. stumbling back to the van. Didn't you guys go in the hot tub after too? 
No. That no. was a different no. night. You guys sound like you have a great time on tour. <laughs> we yeah. have a lot of fun. We really do sound like you. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes if we get to the hotel too late, like in most pools and hot tubs will hot close. Hot tubs are always closed. They're usually closed at yeah. like 10 o'clock or something. And we never, that, we're never getting back to the hotel that early. Um, so we'll, we'll like call them or go up to the front desk and we'll like, we'll be like, yeah, like we're like this young startup business. Like it's a tradition that we always like stay at this hotel and we always party in the hot tub and celebrate like another year of being a business. Uh, but like we were at this conference and like the power went out and like everything got pushed back. So like we're getting back way later than we thought. Like, is there any way we can like, you can let us use the the hot tub for like an hour or something. And and usually we can like figure out some sort of like elaborate way to talk them into letting us like, it has, I'd say like a 50 or 60% success rate. That's 50% in the times that we've tried it. It, you guys are smart because this was my quest (laughs) when I was in a band to get in the fucking hot tub. And we always did it the stupid way. Like, flirt Sneak. with the fucking oh, yeah, desk yeah. clerk like yeah we're in a band man and we just got done playing nobody, the show nobody cares that you're really in, like in the hot tub <laughs> yeah they don't sympathize with that but if you can if you can <laughs> you think gotta, of some sort of clever way like, yeah we never got a late night hot tub <laughs> have you guys ever tried the calling ahead to chipotle thing we we used to um they they don't they, they don't, don't do go for it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I've like four or five years ago, we toured with a band and they would call in every city and be like, we got a band coming through. They love Chipotle. <laughs> and there was this unspoken thing where Chipotle would just hook up bands with free food. Oh, really? And yeah. it worked a lot. Yeah. Like, and like that. Yeah. There was, I mean, I, I know of a band that, I mean, this, this enough, like this just made me not want to do it. Like a band that we know toured and did it like they ate t- like two meals a day there by doing that. And I, I can't imagine putting my body through that. Like, yeah, the thought of that much Chipotle and like, <laughs> I really like Chipotle, but every day I would rather spend all of my money on any anything else, but, <laughs> but eat the same meal twice a day, like that, uh, like that. I don't know. I know someone who is in like a really big band, All American Rejects, and they <laughs> played band. an award show and got these metal cards that were good for. Chipotle for free whenever you wanted it. Oh my god! And they would use it. And the people that work there, like never hits. They were like, "We have heard about these. We've never seen them." And <laughs> legendary. Yeah, yeah they were like, we, "The only person we know who has one of these is Cheryl Crow." They said, <laughs> once, "Oh my god!" I thought that was such an incredible that's, like status thing. That's incredible. Uh, but you gotta yeah. get on that level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you just have it. The gold card. Yeah, the All American Rejects level. Yeah, you guys can work towards that Cheryl Crow <laughs> free burrito. Yeah, I feel like we're close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody at Chipotle is listening to this? Yeah. yeah. They would like they would like a titanium lifetime Hook card. Us up. Yeah. <laughs> we love getting hooked up. Yeah, it's the best, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the greatest. Yeah. I hate paying for things. I know. Yeah. Even if it's something small, I know. it's like a game. Yeah. Like I'm down to rep something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was really I'll intense. wear your t shirt. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're selective, but yeah. Um, but it's nice to not have to pay for something that is something that you like and, you know, want to use or eat. Yeah. I think and, it's just hard to get away from that, you know, no matter how old or rich you get, you always remember when. Getting a free cheeseburger was awesome, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's always good. It always yeah. feels the same, I think. I'm looking for a coconut water hookup. That one, I feel like, would be huge. Yeah. yeah. Vita Coco, we if you're yeah. listening. I would love to get hooked up by LaCroix. Yeah, LaCroix would be good. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. yeah or LaCroix, fans. If you're listening, or fans, or yeah. yeah. Anything. Fans. Anything that I like. Yeah, we, we were Converse, too. 
Or vans. Yeah. <laughs> you just blew both of them off. <laughs> yeah, now we get well, either. We'll wear whatever people get. That's, that's, how, that's how I am. I just like sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind paying for things. I love supporting local businesses. Yeah. Uh, but large, large corporations that can... Uh, benefit from like associating themselves with like cool artists like that's what i like that's why I, that's where i can justify yeah. no, that no 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 that totally totally yeah. I get that. and then the <laughs> last thing if if people want to try the hello donut stuff should they just keep keep an yeah, eye out follow or? us on social media i think on everything it's hello donuts phl um we're gonna be ramping things up soon we're uh we've been on the hunt for the right retail location but we're going to be doing pop-ups um a couple starting a couple weeks from now and we're going to be doing wholesaling at different places around philadelphia too so um you know we're we're currently just like plotting out how to get in into more places and to um i don't know just get Get our donuts into more people's. Have you thought about mouths. bringing them on tour? I guess that's impossible. It would be really tough. Yeah, yeah. But cook donuts on the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't actually know how to make donuts. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to get to that Zach Brown us, band but. level where we bring the chef. Really? Is that they have a personal oh, yeah. chef? Yeah. Really? Yeah. A little bit of chicken fried every day. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. That is pretty. That's yeah. pretty cool. It would be. It would be really cool. But I mean, it, it was cool for me us being able to do the pop-up at our union transfer show the other day yeah it's like it's pretty fun and it did well we got a lot of good feedback people seem to like it so is it is hello donuts it's a quote from a movie or or is it the simpsons is um, it a quote no no i mean maybe if it is i don't know about it okay. it was just That's uh, not how you got we it. just narrowed it down it was just aesthetically pleasing and Seems- simple and kind of like timeless so that's why we went with it. No, to me, it reminds me of the "Hello, my name, my name is" stickers. Yeah, you guys are. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. They're yeah. killing it. We're trying. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get my Babysitters Club business up and going. <laughs> you got to do it. You could write series of novels there's about cro- it. There's some crossover there. <laughs> Wait a second. There could be crossover donuts and babysitting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really trying to start that business. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just trying to go. do the band. Yeah, the band, band yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, the band's cool. (laughs) A hobby. For now. That we invest everything we have into. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, thank you to Ben and Brianna from Tiger's Jaw for coming by. Uh, Please check out their new record, Spin, on Black Cement Records. It's a very good record. Uh, They're probably on tour. I believe they're going on tour with Manchester Orchestra. Great tour. Yes, that is a good tour. Uh, so I think that's happening very soon. Um, for those details, you have the internet. <laughs> you know? I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's this thing that Brad's not on. <laughs> yeah. um, if you want to support this podcast, um, I'm going to try to come up with some new ways you can do it to give you some incentives. In the meantime, you can Venmo us at Off Track. That money will go to Brad. <laughs> and uh, as usual, any donation will get you... <laughs> Rip roaring applause! Yay! And thanks this, again, Ren. Thanks again, who? <laughs> this guy Ren keeps giving us money. Every Thank time you, Ren. We mention him. So that I'm is very keep cool of you. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, so thank you, Ren. Uh, anyone else wants to donate? You can get that cool shout out. Tell all your friends about it. <laughs> uh, you can also leave us a free review on iTunes. Hey, Stephen. 
Hey, what's up, bro? You can. Hey, did I miss anything? No, nothing. <laughs> oh, good. You can. Uh, you can also tell your friends about us. You can. Uh, there's a PayPal link on our page, or you can just do nothing and keep enjoying the podcast. And uh, check out Benny's new band. Oh. Huh. Sorry, I saved this for like the last possible second. Oh, but God. Benny has a has a new. Can you talk about that for what, one? What wax bottles? Yeah, wax bottles. Yeah, I have a project with. Uh, two of the former members of polar bear club one of which being jimmy Stat, the singer and nate morris and his wife and a local bass player named pierre marceau wow not making that name up yeah it's great it's fun great if you like uh i don't know the pixies or like nirvana with a chick singing sometimes are you allowed to say chick still i don't know i know you're the pc guy <laughs> i don't know why you're asking brad <laughs> i'm the pc guy here I don't, I don't, wow. I don't, I don't think it's, that's bold. I think, I think it's, I think it's fine. I don't okay. think people are going to be like psyched about it, but I don't yeah. think people are going to like what's start the, what's, a website the, to try to ruin your life. Dude, what's the dude version of chick? I don't know. Cause I feel like dude is so, is you can use for both sexes. I really don't think too many imply cock. I don't think too many chicks are going to get totally OTR over that comment, dude. What the hell's that mean? (laughs) Off the rails? This is yes, that's what it means. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to kind of stop this combo here. This is me with promotion. That's how well it goes. (laughs) Thanks, Jonah. I'm going to stop. You're on the right podcast. I'm going to stop this. Stop this. This outro before we go. Well, we have to redo that now. It's too offensive. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) check out. Wax bottles? Wax bottles. And Thanks, support going off track, and we'll be back next week. Yeah!